This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in studio on this Tuesday, January 18, 2022. Demond Cotton, your boy, Q. Going to hold it down for the next couple hours after us. Vinny Bonsignor will come in, hold it down in the huddle. I believe Lincoln Kennedy will be running side-by-side side with them today, or is that tomorrow? You got to catch me up. What's the day? That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Hey, look, I, hey, man, it's hard enough for me to keep my own schedule, let alone someone else's. So Lincoln will be back, what, Wednesday and Friday? Wednesday and Friday for this week. And then what is he doing next week? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, just just making sure, just making sure. So Lincoln Kennedy will not be riding shotgun with Vinny Bonsignor today, but Vinny will be on from 4 to 6 p.m. He wasn't able to be on the air yesterday as we had that Monday night football wild card game. And I guess after you're looking at that wild card game, probably could have just done a show. <laughs> probably didn't need to witness that. Uh, I don't know what it was. And I can say this off top, and I know this isn't a good consolation prize for anybody, but the Raiders were a team that belonged in the playoffs. A lot of those teams that got smoked over the weekend, including the Cardinals, looked like they had no business being in the playoffs. The Cardinals, and I picked them to win that game against the Rams. I fell for the banana and the Patel pipe. I liked you know, Kyler Murray a little bit more, and I liked Matt Stafford. But, man, that combination of Kyler Murray – and, uh, and Cliff Kingsbury is not working out in Arizona. Funny to say for a team that won 11 games, but they just look like they were not even in the same class as the Rams on Monday Night Football. So now the Super Wild Card round is over. Move on to the divisional round this upcoming weekend, so we'll have a lot of football to talk about. But, man, I'll say this. The Raiders, at least they went in there and competed. They competed their tails off. And, and you can say what you want to say about the Cowboy uh, 49er game, but the rest of the games over the course of the weekend, they all stunk. I watched them all because it's football and I'm going to watch them. There ain't no doubt about it. You know, you, you, you can't help yourself but to watch them. But, man, I mean, you know, DeMond, we were sitting at the oil last night. And we're just like, really? At some point, we're like, all right, I guess it's time to go. This game's over. But, man, that was that was a, just a bloodbath. When they got backed up, when A.J. Green took that hard hit and it was just like, ah, man, I was calling like, that's not a catch. Right. When that third down came up, it was just like, they about to kill him. Yep. And then when he throws a pick six, Kyler Murray, and that was the what was that was that? the end. Can you imagine? And we said this last night. Could you imagine if Derek Carr did something like that? Whatever Kyler Murray did, and I still don't know what you want to call that, but him kind of rolling to the to to out to his uh, side and flinging the ball up. Just here you go. Anyone take it? And it turns into a pick six. If Derek Carr did that, oh man, Raider Nation would have they would have burnt burnt everything down, burned the whole building down. But Kyler Murray had some of the best-looking bad plays a player could ask for. Oh, he looked man. good doing it. Woo-wee. Every time, you know, because he's so small, he's so bad. Right, oh, right. man, he's throwing it right to the defense. He looked good oh, doing it. He looked good doing it. Every time man. he got the moving, I thought something, was, well, something did happen. Yeah, it but just wasn't it was good. Be good. <laughs> it just wasn't good. Yeah, that was an absolute disaster. And that's the first thing I thought of. I'm so trained now to react to something that happens and think, what if the Raiders had done that? You know, and I mean, again, even the even the performances by the other playoff teams. What if the Raiders had gone out there and performed like that? Everyone and their mother would have said, "See, they didn't even belong in the playoffs. See, shouldn't even have gotten to the playoffs." But that wasn't the case because they absolutely belonged. If the Raiders ended the game like the Cowboys, even, that was the second coach's oh, yeah. game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But then like you just run out of time, right? Oh, oh man, coaches suck. Oh, see, that's what happens. And oh, your quarterback this, and oh, you got yeah, exactly. Everybody would have been fired on Twitter before the post game press conference man, even started. I'm trying to tell you, nobody would even want to hear anything from the post game. Oh, I feel what like kind of excuses are we going to hear now? Blaming the refs, but I feel like Raider fans would have been blaming Carr. Right. Cowboy fans are like, those refs screwed us now. I feel like Raider well, fans would be like, nah. And then on top of that, you know, the fans at Cowboy at, at, the, at Jerry's World at AT&T Stadium started throwing stuff on the field, and they claim they were throwing it at the officials, which, first of all, bad. That's all bad. You don't do that. Have a little bit of self-awareness. <laughs> and then second, I think that they were throwing it at some of the players as well, and also bad. Don't do that. But Dak Prescott goes to the damn podium and says, well, they saw what I saw. Good for them. Like, he encouraged him to throw it on, on at the referees. Like, come on, Dak, you got to be better than that, Boo, dude. Ooh, tomato, tomato. Could you imagine, again, could you imagine if Derek Carr ever stepped to the podium and said, oh, I'm glad that the, the, the fans were throwing stuff at the officials? He would get roasted. Fine. Dak is like, 
They're like, oh, it's okay. Just give him a pass. He's in those Campbell Soup commercials. He's a good guy. <laughs> He's a cool guy. He just came back from major injury. Give him the comeback player of the year award. That was, man, that was incredible. But, again, I just just had to get that out of my, I just had to vent a little bit, a little woo-saw about what we saw from the wild card weekend or the super wild card weekend. Coming up on today's show at 2.30, Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ. He usually joins us immediately following the game. I uh, thought we were going to have him on Monday, but he was doing a little bit of traveling. Plus, it was MLK Day, so we gave him the day off. But he'll join us at 2.30 to talk about what he saw from the Raiders on Saturday, just kind of wrap up the season with, season with Plunkett. We've had him each and every week following the game, and it's been a pleasure to talk to him. So we'll get things wrapped up with Jim at 2.30. Then at 3 o'clock, the great John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joins us each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock to break down the NFL. We'll talk about those playoff games. We'll talk about the Raiders having an open GM position. We'll talk about a lot of different things with John McClain as it pertains to the NFL. So that's coming up at 3 o'clock. We always look forward to that conversation. And at 3.30, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas in the Review Journal. He was going to join us yesterday, but he was out and about around town handling some business. So he's going to join us today at 3.30. So we've got a pretty good lineup for you today. Jim Plunkett at 2.30, John McClain at 3 o'clock, and then Ed Graney closes us out at 3.30, then we pass the sticks on to my guy, Vinny Bonsignor, who goes 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Got a lot to get to on today's show. You know I got a, a, a show topic that I'm going to get to, and we'll do it for the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So we know that there's a handful of games left. We know that these playoffs are rolling on. The Rams are going to be taking on Tampa Bay. San Francisco is in Green Bay. Buffalo's taking on KC. And Cincinnati has moved on to Tennessee. So when you look at those teams and you look at the Raiders and where they are, obviously their season's over. We know that. Came short uh, against Cincinnati on Saturday. But out of the teams that are still playing, who do you think the Raiders are more like? How, how, much, how close do you think they are to one of those teams that are still playing if any of them, maybe there's, maybe you look at them and say, Q, you know what? The Raiders don't look like any of those teams. They just don't. To me, I feel like the Raiders do look like a playoff team. And really, this goes to the point of a lot of Raider Nation thinks that this is going to be a rebuild. Whatever happens with the coaching staff is going to be a rebuild. I don't think it needs to be a rebuild. I think it's definitely something that should just be kind of refining, retooling. I, don't, I do not think that this thing needs to be torn down. I'm going to say that many times. Had people hitting us up on Twitter yesterday saying that myself and Vinny were crazy, that it's got to be a rebuild. Why? Why does it have to be a rebuild? There's a lot of talent on this team. Now, is there some stuff that has to be worked out? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But this does not have to be a rebuild, no matter what happens with the head coaching position, no matter who the GM is brought in. This does not need to be a rebuild. So out of all those teams that I just mentioned, the Rams in Tampa Bay, San Francisco and Green Bay, Buffalo and Kansas City and Cincinnati and Tennessee, who do you feel like the Raiders are closest to and maybe could be a player here, a player there, away from being and being a legit threat in the playoffs? Because I do think a player here too, a player there, they could be that. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I think if they go and really concentrate on the offensive line this this uh, this offseason, that's, that's where it has to start. That offensive line has got to be solidified it just does Andre James did some good things but all in all he was just okay John Simpson had moments where he was okay and he had moments where he was bad let's just be honest about the situation Alex Leatherwood I think everyone knows the situation with Alex Leatherwood you know we had Mo Moten on yesterday and he said that he thinks that uh, Alex should be given another year to be guard not even talking about moving back to tackle I've heard that there's conversations about possibly moving him back to tackle I think he should stay at guard. I think that's probably who he's going to be in his career is going to be a, a right guard at best. And then the right tackle position is a turnstile. It just is. It's been a turnstile for many years. And that's why they went out there and invested all that money in Trent Brown thinking they were going to be able to solidify that, and it didn't work. So I think that the offensive line really needs some retooling. If they could do that, I think that they're a, a team that could be a legit team to make a deep run. But out of all those teams that are still playing, DeMond, is there a team that you see and you say, you know what, the Raiders are very similar to this team? No, no one like a, like opposed to their weapons or mm -hmm. their makeup because even if the offensive line gets better, I don't think that the Raiders are, let's say, as physical enough. You'd have to get in some stud offensive linemen to, let's say, be considered a hard-running team like the 49ers. Or, no offense to Derek Carr, I don't think he's as elite as Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Right. So it's just, I don't know which team that to compare them to. The Rams, I feel like they're starting What about Buffalo? You don't think that they're close to Buffalo? Last year, I felt like they were closer to Tennessee. This year, Tennessee, I think, is a little bit different because they're a little bit more physical, I think. 
Uh, but last year, it felt like Tennessee and the Raiders were kind of similar teams. You know, they wanted to make their their hay by running the rock and, you know, just they wanted to be physical down the trenches. But I think with all the, the different moves and shakes that the Raiders made throughout the course of the offseason leading into the next season, I think they kind of got away from the Tennessee mold. But uh, I felt like that's who they were last year. But how about Buffalo? Why not Buffalo? What am I trying to th- uh, I think Josh, obviously Josh Allen runs the rock a yes, lot. He's, he's very a- active. But just as far as weapons and... You know, they're they're a, I don't know, they're a team. I feel like they're a team that they could potentially be that with a little bit of, you know, an addition here. Maybe getting a number one wide receiver. A number one wide receiver and also what they would need that Buffalo has is a good play caller. Brian Dable, I think he's one of those guys that he's he's, he's on everybody's list where he's putting them in the right positions to succeed. That's and the Raiders point. would need an offensive coordinator that's I'm not saying the hot shot that everybody wants, but someone that the fan base isn't. Someone that the fan base would be, they would hate to see him leave rather than wanting to push him out the door. Okay. Okay. So that's why I'm just, it's so hard to say for me right. which team, like, in the playoffs now, mm-hmm. you know, because we've seen, like, after this past weekend, the best teams all advanced. Right. These are the teams that there was there were no upsets. Well, maybe if you consider the Cowboys because they were the home team, but uh, I digress. I feel right. like there were no upsets I think that they there. were very evenly matched, you know. Yes. Yeah. But I think that the Raiders of Cincinnati were very evenly matched as well. And, you know, to hold the Cincinnati Bengals to six points in the second half, I thought that was pretty good. You know, now the first half got, got away from clo- That would be the closest comp for them. Well, no, because I think that their offense gets going and gets cooking at a high, higher yeah, rate. Yeah, they've you know what I mean? they a receiver monster. Yeah, they, they do. Exactly. So I think that they're a little bit different. I guess the Buffalo comparison would be tough because Carr's not running the rock like Josh Allen runs the ball. You know, he's actually a part of the offense. Like, I'm going to run, run, run. Uh, we got a text right here. On the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Some might think this is a reach, but the Raiders are closest to Tennessee. Three games we should have won. Chicago, the Giants, Washington puts us in contention for the one seed. Have a quarterback Have a quarterback the fans aren't sold on. Up-and-coming defense and maybe one or two pieces away from being a legit contender. That's from Kevin. He said, P.S. can't compare him to KC because you already know Kansas sucks. <laughs> love, love the shade that's always thrown out there from Kevin. But, uh, again, that was kind of what I said about Tennessee earlier. Uh, I, I just think that this year Tennessee just played a little bit more physical, and I think that that defense really uh, ended up gelling a little bit better. But then again, the Raiders' defense gelled. So I'm, I guess I'm kind of defeating myself because maybe, maybe that is a good comparison still. Maybe Tennessee is still kind of the mold that the Raiders are, and, and they just need a little bit of refining. Or just like those one or two players that Tennessee have on that Pro Bowl, All Pro level, let's say, um, in the secondary, Kevin Byron, where you maybe like that that star safety that's gonna you know lock things down. You know, it's just one or two pieces that the Raiders are missing that, like you said, refine. But I don't know if those pieces are gonna be available in free agency because there there are a there's lot always of places. pieces available in free agency. There's always pieces. Now I'm not saying that they're always the right one when you go make the move because free agency is something that some teams try to build a team with. You can't do that. I don't think you could build a team with free agency. Now, the Rams, they have their own little method to their math and madness. I think that they're a, a different type team. Right. And, I, I mean, you saw what the Patriots did. They went out and spent a whole lot of money. But I just feel like you still have to have your core guys are built in the draft, and then you go and fill the holes that you have free agency. If you get into the habit of just building a team through free agency, then as quickly as it opens up, is as quickly as it's going to close. I know it's looking it's, – it's still to be determined, but the Rams are making it look pretty effective. Last, I mean, last night looked well, no, good, they, are. they are. They are. But guys, they've traded all their draft capital. They just have said, you know what? We're okay and comfortable with going for it all right now, thinking that we're going to win right now, making it happen with the guys that, that we're bringing in and roll the dice. We're going to pay our stars a lot of money and think that they're going to get it done. And if they do, then it works and it pays off for them. And then they have a, you know, a window where they're probably not very good. But that's okay because they got a Super Bowl ring, right? That, I mean, that's the, that's the theory. That's what they're thinking. But if it doesn't work out like that, then they're sitting there looking at the bag like, okay, well, now what? It's a, it's a, it's it's a really big gamble that you take if you try to if you try to live it like that. It worked back in the day before there was really a salary cap when you could just go when the Jerry Joneses and uh, you know the the 49ers owners and all that they can go sign whoever they want the Carmen policies and all them people they could sign anyone they wanted to and just roll out the bankroll. But it's just different now with free agency, man. It's it's tough to really live and die. By free agents, but I'll give you the juxtaposition where you trade. Where if you're the Raiders, you trade. You trade like those star players. You get those first round picks back, and the draft is a crapshoot. And that's why you got to execute. Where like where the Rams approach. I'm not gonna lie. I like the Rams approach better. Give me the proven commodities. Let's let's get in Von Miller. Let's get in OBJ. And then like, hey man, we're rolling the dice on proven players instead of maybe let's try to build something up because now we see the Raiders 
making it into the playoffs, but people are still like, well, let's rebuild. Hey, man, what, what was this past four years if this was not a rebuild? Right, right. Another exactly. rebuild after That's making what I'm the saying. That's what I'm saying. There's no reason to rebuild anything. There's no reason that the Raiders should even be thinking about any kind of rebuild. I mean, that's that's a that's a done deal. You know, that that's already the foundation. Again, that's something that they wanted to do. They, In their words, not mine, they want to tear it down so they could build the foundation. So when they get to the playoffs, they can consistently get to the playoffs. Okay, you found a way to get to the playoffs this year. Now you've got to be able to build on that. You've got to be able to add the pieces, add some core, some, some key pieces to the foundation that you already have to help get you over the top. There is absolutely no way. If all of a sudden whoever's in here decides that they're going to break this thing all the way down, they've made a terrible mistake, an absolute terrible mistake. There's no way that this team needs a rebuild. And I know there's guys on Twitter, I think Stackanova was one of them that was tweeting at me and was like so adamant about, oh, you guys are lying to everyone. No, I'm not. Just like everyone said I was lying to him when I said that the team was a different team. It turns out to be I was right. And I'm not a guy that sits here and, and oh, I told you so, I told you so. But in the summertime, we all said this team felt different. And then there was a nice five to six game stretch where everyone was coming for us because, oh, you guys are just... Drinking the Raider Kool-Aid. Oh, they're paying you guys to say this. I mean, everything negative you could think of was said about us in that five to six game stretch. And that's fine. I get it. I get it. Frustration kicks in. But this team did turn out to be different than the teams we've seen in the past years. But even the players were asking. You remember Josh Jacobs after one of the home losses? Right. They asked him. He's like, what do you what do you think makes this team different Like to prove that you can like go on like a run or in like to end out this season. He's like, I don't know. Right. He did say that. And he was, he was honest. Yeah. But just from this team fighting together, Derek Carr says like he was never worried about it. They always come in with a great attitude on Mondays, win or loss. It's better after a win, obviously. But I think that this team showed that they were different just by getting to the playoffs. Right. And again, it wasn't easy for any of us to identify why they were so much different. It just felt different. So that's why it was never anything about, well, I'm going to just, you know, pound the table about I'm right, I'm right, and you're wrong. Because, again, it's hard to identify. But you just felt like something was different about this team. So, again, I'm telling you, there's absolutely no reason for this thing to be broken all the way down to the nuts and bolts and say, okay, hey, let's, let's do this over. I don't think that they're in position to do that, especially being in a new market and giving Las Vegas a taste of what playoffs could be like. I don't, I'm serious. I, I just don't think with what they're trying to build and they're trying to achieve, there's a lot that goes into this besides just W's and L's. This is also a business. And bad business is losing, especially when you're in a new market and you're trying to instill, you're still in the honeymoon stage. You know what I mean? Like you're still, you're still the cool kids. You're still, you're still nice. You're still, hey, this is fun. But you start losing or you go through a rebuild and all of a sudden you ain't worth the salt for two or three years because you're trying to build it up, man. That honeymoon ends real quick. And then you're going to divorce court. Don't nobody want to go to divorce court. <laughs> Just saying. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Who we got up first? North Cal Raider. North Cal Raider, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q, how you doing? Chilling, man, chilling. Um, my comparison to this team, um, I think they're comparable to San Francisco. Um, okay. um, Jimmy Garoppolo can be kind of like Carr. He gets hot. He plays okay sometimes, and he does a lot of bonehead things like you know, interceptions or turnovers, but he can get hot. Um, also, um, we have a tight end similar to them. Um, that's about the same caliber. The deep, they're more of a defensive-minded team, kind of like us. Like, we're more of a defensive-minded team this year. That's, <laughs> that's kind of most of my comparisons, but I think a lot was left. Um, I think with us, we just we just need to get a receiver this, this offseason, one experienced receiver, and, a, and possibly um, uh, help in the um, running game because um, – we need to finish up those drives. For some reason, we can't score, but I think it also has to do with um, with Josh Jacobs, like you know him being hurt all year. But I think we need a bigger back to try to um, try to punch it in in the end zone. Um, that's mostly what I think. At least my team comparison. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, my man. And, and you know, I didn't think about San Francisco from the Jimmy Garoppolo type uh, thing. You know, from from that comparison standpoint, I didn't think about that. You know, because there's moments where he looks good, and then there's moments where he's like, "What? What is he doing?" And you know, it's funny. I, I, I before we went on the show, I did a, I did a little radio hit about the Raiders uh, in Fresno, and and my guy asked me about the 49ers and asked me uh, about Jimmy G and why they're still trying to move on to trade Lance, even though they have Jimmy G winning games. And, and my words was, "Well, you know, he's hurt a lot, so they can't really depend on him because all the time when they start depending on him, he he gets hurt." But to your point, I mean, man, he's he's playing well right now. 
He played good enough against Dallas. He made a couple boneheaded mistakes like you talked about, but then he made some plays when he had to make some plays. So I kind of like that. I, I like the one thing I think that the Raiders need, and, and they could be a little bit closer to, to San Francisco. We talked about the physicality, but they need a little bit more team speed as well. They, they just need some more speed. Uh, they need a Debo Samuel. They need a guy, and I think that they've attempted to do that, and I hate to bring that up. I think they've attempted to do that with their joker position, a guy that could do anything. Because Debo's a wide receiver that plays running back, that plays this, that plays that, that plays the other. I mean, this dude does just about everything. So he's pretty he, – he, he's not pretty good. He's damn good. So you got to give him a lot of credit. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that, man. That was a good one. Thank you so much uh, for that call. I appreciate you. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. Who's up next? Fargo Raider. Fargo! Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, Jamon and Q, my cutie. <laughs> What's up, Doc? How y'all? Good, man. Chilling, man. Chilling. Literally. It's cold. It's snowing. <laughs> you know, same old, same old. Right. I actually, as far as the comparison, I don't really, I can't really see a full comparison to to our team, but at, at, like going off what the last caller said, you said it before. Stafford is kind of the same QB that we got. And my, my main thing is like, you know, like you give him a situation and look what he's doing with it. Now, we may, we may just, need that number one to get those red zone touches. But my main uh, reason for calling is actually, you know, to talk about the people saying you guys are lying and this and this and that. (laughs) It's not you guys, man. It isn't. It's just that how many, like in my lifetime, we've had more rebuilds than winning seasons. Oh, mine too. (laughs) Mine too, brother. (laughs) I know. So at this point, when when I see our GM go, I'm expecting the coach to go. And then after that, they're going to, you know, we've been told many times, oh, we're, you know, we're going to use the foundation, we're going to build around it, and then we see the foundation get pieced out for picks. And I'm with DeMond. We, we need guys that we know what they're going to do because, you know, historically we seem to miss on those picks. It doesn't even really matter who it's been. You know, Colton Miller's the, the first guy since DMAC to get a second contract. Oh, I know. That's, 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 that's already several GMs. You know, mm-hmm. not just not just Mayock. Everyone put, puts it on him. So I think it's just all of us are weary, and you know, you know better than most, man. A lot of a lot of the fans will take it out on you guys, but it's not on you guys. We're just weary of the of the rebuild because, like, you know, we've experienced so many of them, and a lot of us are tired of it. So we're just hoping that they'll make the best moves and actually keep the good core players that we have. Right. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. I'm sitting here patient. I ain't gonna take it out on y'all because y'all. Y'all ain't the one making the picks, or else you'd probably be aligned with more of us than not. Thank you for taking my call, Q. You guys have a good one. Appreciate you, my man. Appreciate you. And, yeah, I get it, man. Hey, frustrations are going to kick in. I, I get that all the time. It's just it's funny how quickly the frustrations turn to all of a sudden, like, we're the spawn of Satan. You know what I mean? And I just – it's just it's funny how it happens so quickly. But, I mean, it's okay. I mean, it, it just – it is what it is. There was a point in the season, no joke, that there was a campaign on damn Twitter, which, of course, is the, uh, the evil of all evils, to fire all the uh, Raider media. You got to get rid of the Raider media. They suck. And I, I remember responding, like, because we're the ones losing games. Asking them soft questions. Right. Right. If I was in there. Yeah. Sounds I'd good. I'd be raising some hell. According to Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network, the Raiders have contacted the Bengals to request an interview with Trey Brown for their vacant GM job. Brown is re- regarded in NFL circles as sharp, knowledgeable, and relentless worker, and he has impressed ownership in multiple GM interviews. And to take it a step further, uh, and this is courtesy of my guy James Arcelana, the Raiders interviewed Trey Brown back in 2018 before hiring Mayock. Sounds like he made an impression the first time around. So uh, a little bit of uh, news as it rolls through. We like to go ahead and bring that to the table for you and just put it in your ear so you understand what's going on and uh, what's the latest and the greatest, according to the the folks out there that are that are digging in and looking for the information. Of course, Vinny Bonsignor from In the Huddle on the Review Journal does a fantastic job with that as well, so he'll be able to give us the nuts and bolts on a lot of good things. But uh, uh, that sounds like the latest and the greatest as far as the open GM spot. Trey Brown has been requested by the Raiders uh, he works with the Bengals right now. He's been requested to interview. Doesn't mean he's going to interview, but he's been requested. Let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line one more time. Who's up next? Akeem. Akeem. Hey. What's up, hey. my man? Doing good, man. How's everybody going? Now we're blessed, man. Hey, man, I think it's time for us to let go of Derek Carr, you know? I kind of look at Matt Stafford, look at Matt Ryan. You look at Tannehill. 
all these players have done better once they got released from the team that originally drafted them. Look at Matt Stafford. What if he still stayed with the Lions? He would have never been in going for a Super Bowl and been in the playoffs. Look at Ryan Tannehill. He got released from the Dolphins, and now he's competing for a Super Bowl. Why do coaches and, and organizations hold on to players and not just let them go? I think it's time we let Derek Carr go and draft us someone like Justin Herbert, you know, or the, the guy from the San Diego Chargers, or, or draft us a Joe Burrows. Why, why, why hold Carr when we're only hindering him from, from having a chance to play for a better organization? Let me ask you this question real quick. Uh, are, do you, so do you want to release him because you want him to be better off somewhere else, or do you want to release him because you think the Raiders need a new quarterback? Both. I think okay. Derek Carr, if you put Derek Carr in a court, in, a, in an organization like the Colts, he's going to do way better than he's doing with the Raiders. Okay. You know? And if we draft somebody like, for example, Clayton Toon, somebody who's more mobile in the pocket than Derek Carr is, we're going to win more games. The reason we're losing right now is not because of the, the, the team. It's because we need a better quarterback, someone who's more mobile in the pocket. Now think about it. If we drafted Justin Herbert or we even drafted, uh, what's the guy's name from the Bengals? Um, the, the, the quarterback from the Bengals. We drafted Burrow. Yeah, we would have been way better than we are right now. You know, we would have had a solid team. But Derek Carr, he sits in the pocket. All right, I don't mean to cut you off, but we have Jim Plunkett waiting for us, and I don't want to leave Jim uh, holding on line. And the one thing I'll say is, if you pick Joe Burrow, you're picking number one overall. If you're picking Justin Herbert, you're picking number six overall. So I mean, the Raiders are, are winning games. So there's a reason why you're not picking a guy like that at number one. Are we gonna take a quick break, or do you want to go right to Jim? Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we'll take a quick break. Give us 60 seconds. We'll come back. We'll have the two-time Super Bowl champion, Jim Plunkett, on the line. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 227 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As as promised, we have the two-time Super Bowl champion, Jim Plunkett, on the phone lines. And Jim, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure all season long getting to talk to you following games. And I know today is not a happy conversation. The Raider season officially comes to an end. But when you look back at what they were able to do and accomplish and go on that four-game winning streak when they had to have it to get into the playoffs what what do you think about just the overall performance of the team well I, you know I, you know just like a lot of other teams you know they're struggling with uh, covid injuries and such and you're right that uh, those last few games of the season where they had to to win to get in uh, you know they did a real real fine job and I was very proud of the way they played what does that tell you about the guys in the locker room that they were able to block out all the outside noise no matter what it was and where it was coming from and be able to get it done like they did well, you know, I, yeah, I'm very impressed with the way they 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 finished the season up. Uh, you know, except for the playoff uh, game where they stumbled, but uh, you know, it, it, a lot of pressure on them, uh, a lot of uh, things to deal with, and, and and they came through on the road and at home. And uh, you know, that's very extremely difficult to do at the end of the season uh, when you're struggling to make the playoffs. Going to that game on Saturday against uh, Cincinnati, they they fall a little bit short. They look like they were going to pull off one of their uh, late game heroics again, but they come up a few yards short, a touchdown short. Uh, what what were you, what were you seeing, especially on that last drive from the team that just just kind of helped made them fall a little short? Well, you know, they moved the ball all the way down the field, got to the ten yard line, eleven yard line, and they had to get it in the end zone. You know, time was running out. Every play was very crucial. Uh, and, uh, you know, they almost literally had to throw every down uh, with the clock running down the way it was, and unfortunately they just came up short. And it's, you know, it's, it's a sad ending to, uh, you know, a great comeback story for the Raiders and uh, in many ways very proud of them. But, you know, it's a game they could have easily won, but, you know, just didn't. One of the questions that a lot of Raider fans had, especially on those last four plays, was the Raiders, they, they, they clocked it on first down, and they felt like that that was a mistake, that they probably should have thrown it into the end zone. Rich Bisaccia even kind of alluded to it on Monday. Uh, do you think that that was a mistake? They should have had a play ran on, on first down? Uh, yeah, I would think so, you know, because, uh, you know, you're, like I said, the you know, clock is running down. Uh, you've got uh, four plays to get into the end zone because that fourth place might have been critical, might have been the one that got him in the end zone. So, uh, you know, a mistake or not, uh, it's not something I would have done. 
Right. I hear you talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And so a football season, it's come to a close. It's long. It's a grind. This year, it was they played 18 games because of the 17-game regular season. When the season comes to the end, you've cleaned out your locker room, you're at the house. How does a football player, how, does, how did Jim Plunkett decompress? Uh, well, you know, after a loss like that, uh, you know, uh, it, it's very difficult. You know, uh, if you don't get, you know, if you don't, if that's as far as you're going, you know, you you, you just kind of put it behind you if you can. I mean, you're going to you're going to dwell on certain things. I uh, could have done this. I could have thrown a better pass here. Uh, maybe if I hadn't dropped that ball in the end zone, we would have. You know, all those things. You know, accumulate in a player's mind uh, when it comes to an end. Uh, and you're not the Super Bowl champion, and you know, and I, I think it's the same for every player. Some some players are able to, you know, just shut it out of their mind, and you know, the season's over, uh, let's move forward. But I, I think for a lot of players, especially quarterbacks, maybe receivers, on certain occasions uh, where they were involved in a big play that you know maybe cost them the game, you know, those kinds of thoughts dwell for a long time until you can finally find a way to put it behind you or the start of the next season, actually. How long do you take as far as maybe stepping away from football? Not away completely, but just kind of, hey, I'm going to have some relaxed time with my family and just kind of uh, try to get my body right after that long grind. Oh, you know, you know, I think it's something all players find a way to do. That everybody does it probably in different ways. You know, if you have a family, you have kids, uh, you spend time with them because uh, you've been gone quite a bit. Uh, you know, playing football games and and uh, at work every day. Uh, you know, others, you know, go on vacation. Uh, there's so many ways that that players uh, decompress, so to speak. Uh, and after a little time to their own, to their with their family or with their friends. You know, then that, that you get back in the mode of, you know, getting ready for the, for the upcoming season. So, you know, everybody does it differently. You know, I like to take a little time off and then get back to work. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Raider Nation Radio 920. One of the bugaboos of the Raiders this season, and really it's been a few seasons now, has been the red zone scoring efficiency. And they were one for five on Saturday, and that's just not going to get it done. How do, how do you go about changing that and fixing that so you're more efficient when you get to the red zone? Well, you you know it's like it's going back to the drawing board. You work hard. You work hard at it. Uh, maybe you make some changes, or you just whatever you did before, you do it better. Uh, you know, there's no magic to it. Now, you know, uh, you just find a way to get it in the end zone. Whether throwing the ball, running the ball, quarterback making a big play, uh, running himself possibly. You know, all those things. But uh, you know, you, you find a way to get better inside the twenty and get the ball across the goal line instead of settling for a field goal. You know, I, I think I've asked you this before, but how much of it is just a mindset of we're going to do better and we're going to make sure we get it into the end zone, punch it in? Well, you know, you're truly right. It is a mindset. You know, we're inside the 10-yard line. We're on the 3-yard line. We're on the 5-yard line. Whatever it takes, you're going to do. And, you know, you're going to suck it up. You might be even hurting a little bit. But, uh, you know, you find a way to get it done. And I don't even know if I can define that. You know, it's right. something that, that either players or teams are able to do in crucial situations. And unfortunately for the Raiders, they were not able to do that. No, no, they weren't. Talking to Jim Plunkett right here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond's got a question for you. Yes, when there's a play so controversial as if Joe Burrow stepped out of bounds when he threw the ball, everybody hears the whistle. Max Crosby did an interview today, and he, he's right there chasing him down. He says that he heard the whistle. For you as a player, and you know it's just a one-touchdown score, and that touchdown basically affected the game, Is it? do you want to say that the refs screwed the Raiders over, or is it just, hey, that play doesn't matter, and you just have to keep going business as usual, usual even though that you know that play did have a big impact? Oh, it certainly did have a huge impact. You know, there were two obviously controversial calls during that game, and uh, both against the Raiders. And, uh, you know, it's a shame. It, you know, it shouldn't happen, but things like that do happen. And if it does happen, the referees should be, you know, be man enough and, and uh, upfront about it and, you know, changing that call. And uh, for some reason, they did not. Uh, and, I, you know, to, uh, for the life of me, I do not know why. Right, and that, that that leads into the conversation that you know all the Raider Nation always has that you know the NFL's against the the Raiders. <laughs> you know, it just it just leads into that conversation because it was so blatant. But when that happens, and you know it's not changing, you've got to get over that. How how as a player do you get past that? Well, you know, you have no choice. You right. Know? Yeah, you got you got another down coming up. You got to go uh, play that down. Uh, you know, this and it's it's a sad. You know, a set of circumstances that happened, and it seems to happen to the Raiders more than anybody else I've ever known. Right. But uh, uh, you know, it's just the way it is sometimes. And I don't, you know, and I think those other days are long past. You know, Al Davis isn't there anymore, uh, and uh, 
so you, you can't quite blame it on that as much. It was just a it was just a missed call. It really was. It was a bad missed call, but it was a missed call. Uh, you know, I started the show talking about the the games that were played throughout the course of the weekend, and really the Raiders was the best game. It was the most competitive game and the one where they had a chance to win, and the other ones were just real blowouts. Uh, if you're a player, I know you, there's no moral victories, but you've got to feel pretty proud that you were not the team that they were talking about when they said, hey, these other guys didn't belong to be in the playoffs. Yeah, well, you know, I wouldn't go that far. But, yeah, you're right. It was the only game that was really competitive all the way to the end. Uh, you know, it wasn't for a couple of uh, turnovers. You know, uh, you know, the Raiders would be getting ready for next week's game. But, you know, such as it is, it, 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 it's, you know, it's over, it's, and you've got to live with it and, and get, you know, relax a little bit, get your mindset right, and then start all over again. You know, I just got a couple more questions. Is that something, the season that the Raiders had, the way that they finished it off strong, got to the playoffs, is that something that is possible to build on for the next season, or is it, hey, the season's over, and now you start anew in the next season? Well, a little bit of both. You know, uh, you were, you know, you really turned the, the Jets on when you had to and got into the playoffs with that four-game uh, win streak, uh, and then it all of a sudden comes to an end. Uh, so, you know, you, you have to put everything behind you. you maybe you, you analyze it, see what we could have done better, and just go back to work. Uh, uh, and uh, I think as, as a team and as a group of men, that's what you have to do. It's over. Look forward. All right, Jim, I've got to take it back to that call because the NFL has said <laughs> you can't that. can't get that, past it. No, 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 no. I just want to, I want to put it in Mr. Plunkett's shoes here. The NFL said that that crew, they're probably not going to be officiating any more games in this playoffs, basically owning up to that crew was off when they messed up. If you, Jim Plunkett, were the starting quarterback for the Raiders, and that comes out after you have to take a crushing playoff loss, would you shoot back at the NFL and have some words to say about it? Well, then uh, some more people should be up above, uh, you know, uh, if, if it was a bad call, it should be reversed, and maybe they need more people spotting up there uh, to be able to do that. You know, I, I don't know what else they can do. If it's a bad call and it, it's missed, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's nothing you can do about it right now, but maybe if they had more eyes on the game, uh, that would uh, help out. It just it was so strange the way it all shook out because I thought it was so obvious to everybody. You know, everyone watching the game was like, yeah, we all heard the whistle. Yeah. <laughs> everyone on the field, we heard the whistle. I mean, it, was just, it just seemed like it was so obvious, but it, I guess some obvious things aren't so obvious uh, to the naked eye and or ear. Not when it comes to the Raiders in particular. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. And Jim, before I let you go, uh, I just wanted to ask you one more time, what's your thoughts on what Rich Bisaccia was able to do given the circumstances he was handed, how he ended up holding it down the whole season and, and really helped those men get into the playoffs? Uh, you know, I think his, his, his attitude coming into the game, taking over for Gruden, uh, I thought he did a phenomenal job. You know, they had a little two-game losing streak to a couple of teams that weren't all that good, but, uh, you know, they bounced back strong at the end. He brought them together, and, and kudos off to uh, Coach Asachi. I mean, I, th- I think... I think he did a very fine job in holding that team together. I agree. I agree 100%. And, and Jim, it's great to uh, catch up with you each and every week. We always appreciate the time that you give us. It was some great breakdown from you. Uh, thank you so much. I'm sorry that the season's come to an end and we won't be catching up every week, but thank you for everything that you did for us this year. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure. You know, I'm, I'm as disappointed as anybody, but you know what? Another year coming up. There you go. There he goes. The great Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ, here with us on Raider Nation Radio 920. Did it every single week. It was fantastic. We always love hearing from him. And, uh, man, uh, just to be able to have that kind of conversation and that kind of uh, a brain to pick right there uh, from a guy who's been there, done that, it's been a real true blessing. So uh, many thanks to the Raiders for hooking that up all season long. Uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine, as I say it all the time, that uh, I tell everyone that I'm living the dream. I mean, I wake up every day and I talk about my favorite team as a, as a kid growing up. I mean, that's just – it's incredible. And, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm talking to, to my heroes, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm talking to guys that I was rooting for and I was cheering for as I was going to games. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than this. Uh, and, and to be able to have a, a legend on the phone each and every week, you know, like he's just a regular dude like me and DeMond, and he's just, you know, shooting the bull with us. That's, that's incredible, man. It really is. So many thanks to Jim Plunkett for – his uh, his analysis all season long. 2.39 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out hour number one. We'll take your calls. We'll get your texts. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. That's another. There's always controversy with us, um, to say <laughs> you- the least. But yeah, um, during that play, I was in pursuit of the quarterback, mm-hmm. and 
you know, I'm I'm just running the you know running the running after Joe Burrow, and in my in my view, it looked like he ran he stepped out of bounds. So when that happened, I don't know if he did or not. Like I, I saw the replay, I don't think he did, but it was very close. And so when he almost stepped out of bounds, he launched the ball, and the second he it left his hand, the ref right there blew the whistle because he saw what I saw. It was close, and it looked like he stepped out. Right. So we heard the whistle, and then all of a sudden I looked back, and he caught the, you know, the receiver caught it, but it looked like the DB stopped. So that was just my opinion. Then I saw the replay, and I'm like, oh yeah, the whistle blew, <laughs> and I literally our guys stopped, and it looked like the Bengals guys thought it was over as well. Um, but then all of a sudden they just said signal touchdown, and I was yelling at the ref saying, no way, he blew the whistle, he blew the whistle, right. regardless if he stepped out or not. I thought they should have stopped it, but what do I know? <laughs> There's Max Crosby right there. What does he know? He was on the Rich Eisen show earlier this morning on Raider Nation Radio 920 and uh, had a bunch of good things to say. Fantastic interview. But that was one of them talking about that play when the whistle blew. And I saw it the same way. We were at the M Resort. And while Burrow was rolling out, I thought he stepped out of bounds as well. And so I said, oh, that's incomplete. He threw it out of bounds. But I also heard the whistle. So I said, one way or the other, the play don't count. And at the end of the day, the play counted. <laughs> Regardless, he didn't step out of bounds. He and the is, referee said not so fast. Right. His foot didn't ever hit the ground until the ball was already out of his hands. But the whistle, no doubt, blew. And it was not even close. But that was uh, Max Crosby's thoughts of it as he was chasing down Joe Burrow. Let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Uh, we're going to close out this hour number one. Rude Dog right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, my man? Yeah. <clears throat> this is Rude Dog once again. Hey, Rude Dog. Yeah, Q, uh, I predicted this year, uh, we just finished the season, even though they took us out of the playoffs, but I predicted them winning uh, 10 games when the season started. Okay. And it, w- it would have been nice if it would have gotten more, but I'm I'm so proud of these boys because, I mean, they overcome a lot and they accomplished a lot, even though through all the uh, problems that we had in the team. But one of the things I wanted to say is, like, that one last caller called in, sometimes it's just better to send them off you know, it's like quarterbacks, like other players. I tell you, when you send them off to another team, they do better others in other places. Uh, one, of, one, of, one, of, one, of, uh, one of the players I can remember it was Drew Brees. Look at all the numbers that he played and all the stats that he, that he put up. Yeah. It's just an example there. But one of the things that we need to work on really, really, really is uh, work on that red zone. It needs to get better. Definitely. Agreed. And two is uh, rebuilding this team. It's like taking 10 steps back. I mean, there's a lot of players in there that have have a lot of good talent. And uh, hoping that we get a a good head coach in there, you know. But this team looks looks good. And it could could give us even more. We just need to... uh, bring in the right players and so forth. That's all I can say. Go Raiders. All right. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, that dynamic with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, I mean, sometimes the right quarterbacks just click with each other. And, man, it, they're they're fantastic. And that was a hell of a matchup. But let's not make a mistake, man. Drew Brees was damn good when he was a member of the Chargers as well. But all of these examples and these scenarios that they're giving, the quarterback that they're getting rid of, the other team got better. So in this scenario, right. Derek Carr goes on to have the illustrious career and takes a team to a Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl because all of the teams that these players have left, they didn't do much winning after. Or they didn't equivalent have the equivalent of the success that the former quarterback had with his new team. So well, Philip Rivers did good with the Chargers. But he didn't win a Super Bowl like Drew Brees did with the Saints. No, you're right. But again, that was a dynamic between Brees and Peyton. I think that was different. You know what I mean? But oh, Ryan Tannehill, he's can oh his new team. They let him. He go. ain't won a Super Bowl. But he's he ain't won a Super Bowl. Number one team. I Miami, know, but he ain't won a Super Bowl. But I'm just saying, even like Stafford. Oh, Stafford. Oh, like oh, he's he's competing for a Super Bowl now because the excuse me, the Lions finally got rid of him. Right. right now right. they stuck with Jared Goff. All of the scenarios that you're painting me with. Okay, you got the one good one with Phillip Rivers. It seems like if you get rid of the quarterback that's like, oh, he hasn't done anything for us. Right. He's going on to do something better with the other team and then the well, team that leaves, loses that quarterback 
is stuck. There's a lot of conversation behind it, and I, I've, I've brought just this up from the examples that right. all the callers that have given these scenarios. No, I got you. I got you. You and don't like want to be on that other end, right? No, I, I feel you on that. I mean, you know, but there's also the conversation, the arguments about okay, you know, you you've seen what what a guy can do, and now you want better. You appreciate everything he's done, stabilize the position. I've had this conversation so many times about Carr. He stabilized the position, and I think some Raider Nation, some fans are going to say, okay, yes, he stabilized it. Now I want more, and that's okay to want more. It's like getting a job, but I'm hungry and I want more. I got here. I'm in Vegas, but I'm not done. I'm not satisfied. You know, what did Marcus Peters say? We ain't done yet. You know, there's a lot more things I want to do besides just saying, hey, I'm here in Vegas. So that's where some fans could be coming from. Yeah, but it's another thing to say, yeah, I'm hungry at this job and I want more than to quit that job and then to just be all right. What am I going to do next? I'm I'm no, I'm well, hungrier than ever. Well, no, that's the thing. And so they that's that's what some folks are saying is that they want someone else because they're hungrier for more now. They're they're hungrier for okay, they saw what good looks like. Now they want great and they're hoping that they can find it. There's no guarantee you can find great. There's that's no guarantee. I, that, I think that's my bigger point where it's just But you hey, know, man. there's a saying there's a saying in 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 gambling, scare money don't make money, you know? Some people hit it like I don't black. gamble, uh, well, <laughs> so I'm not a gambler. T- I was going to take the black deck and you said that. So <laughs> I'm I, not a gambler. <laughs> I'll stay on 16. Some people hit on 16, right? Because I'm a little tentative. I'm like, hey, I I'm don't want to give up my money. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna just stay here on that 16 and play it safe. But some people hit. Some people like to live dangerously. Exactly. Exactly. Let's go on out to the islands. Let's talk to our guy, Mr. Black in Hawaii. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how's it, Q? Good. 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 Hey. Uh... I'm an old timer, so when you talk to Jim Plunkett, you know he's my favorite quarterback. There you go. Got to got to see him play in Oakland when I lived in the Bay Area, and of course then then he went down to the to L.A. But uh, you know, got to speak to him many times on the radio back in the day in the Bay Area. He had a little show going, and uh, as far as the Raiders now, I think we should keep the entire coaching staff, okay. except the offensive. Except the offensive coordinator, that guy has got to go. He has got to go. I want to keep Rich Versace as head coach, but uh, I think he's the one that has kept. I I, I don't agree with anybody. I want to keep Carr, but okay. I think off, offensive coordinator as and the, and the play calling, the obvious uh, play calling that he would do has kept Carr down. If we can get a more uh, explosive uh, play caller, uh, offensive coordinator, yeah, yeah, play caller. Okay. Because they were, you know, uh, you, you sit there and watch the game, okay, they're going to run on first down. Okay, they're going to, you know, everything ended up third and eight. We're always ending up third and seven. and So I think with a, a new play caller, an offensive uh, play caller, I think that uh, Carr will bloom even more. And uh, as far as Mike Mayock going, well, you know, he had his good points. He has his bad points. But the most important thing to me is, is keeping Rich Passaccia uh, as head coach. I think he's he's a man's man, great leader, quiet. Uh, I think everyone's behind him, the players. So, uh, But, yeah, being an old-timer, man, I was back during the glory days, and uh, <laughs> we, we need to get back to that. Uh, I just love listening when you talk to uh, Plunkett. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you calling in from the islands, man. Make sure you tell my man Aaron. Shout out to Carla. Shout out to all y'all in the islands, man. I, I'm going to make it there one day. I'm going to make it there to hang out for a couple days. That's what I'm going to do this this year. That's my goal. I know this isn't about me, but this is my goal this year. I'm going to make it about me. Sometime this year, I'm going to leave for a week, and I'm going to go to Hawaii. I'm going to leave my phone in the room, and I'm not going to bother with Twitter. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to live free on the island for a week, and then I'll come back to reality. That's just my goal this year. That's all I'm saying. I don't know when it's going to be, but this is going to be my goal. Let's go out one more call before we get to, uh, to go to hour number two and uh, get to John McClain. Let's talk to our guy, Steven in New Orleans. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, good. I wasn't going to call today. I'm going to try to be pretty concise <laughs> here because I have like 100 thoughts. <laughs> but look, during the offseason here, we may need to have a little bit of education because I wasn't going to call today if somebody said we should let Derek go to Indianapolis. So what? He could beat our ass every year? In the <laughs> Why don't we just trade him to Denver while we're at it? We'll have the fourth worst quarterback in the ASC. You know, I know everybody wants Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and some want Kyler Murray. You know what ends careers at quarterbacks faster than anything? As Rich Gannon, running the ball. He ran his head right into Derrick Brooks, and he never played again. True story. So uh, I just leave that with y'all, you youngins. I think, <laughs> we need to be, I think we need to get the big nasties, 
give him another year, maybe get a right tackle and get a taller, wide receiver. I, I'm trying to think of get the young guy that was on the team when Jack was the coach. He wasn't the first-string wide receiver. It wasn't Amari, it wasn't Crabtree, but they had a tall guy that made plays in the red zone. Um, Andre, Seth Roberts? Uh, no, not Roberts. He was a slot. Um, yeah, he, he was a fumbling machine, too. He, he, he was the four-string wide receiver, but I, I'm going to add one more thing. I, the man in the islands, I agree with him. I'm fine with Passaccia because I've been through Mike White, Joe Bugle, the second coming of Art Shell, and the guy that ran the bed and breakfast. I don't want to see that. <laughs> yep, Tom Walsh. I'd give Passaccia <laughs> an old Al Davis contract. Four years guaranteed, too. If it's going well, he keeps coaching forever. If it doesn't, then you move on. But, you know, these guys, Herbert and Mahomes, their, their career could be over tomorrow. Everybody thinks we'll never win as long as they're in the division. That's not true. Once that $45, $50 million a year Mahomes contract kicks in, Kansas City's going to have to get a little lean, you know? Look what happened with Drew Brees and the Saints. Tom Brady took a team-friendly contract every year and won. Drew Brees took the max every year, and for three years straight, the Saints, with the great Drew Brees, was 7-9. and nine. This is a team sport. I just can't reiterate that. I don't want to go backwards to try to go forward because we'll be sitting here for four years in the dumps, not feeling like we had after this year. And you're right. We were the only wild card game that was a competitive game. The Raiders represented. Derek represented. And my last thought would be, I knew they, they, they messed up on that whistle, but if they play that play over, there's no guarantee that the Bengals don't get a first down, milk the clock. Let's say they only get a field goal, or they still get a touchdown, and then we don't have enough time to get a touchdown. So I think maybe at the half, the score could have been seven either way. So I don't think we lost the game because of that call. No. I'm not happy with it. Right. It's the only type of call that happens to the Raiders, it seems like. But I don't think it costs us the game. And one last thing. I grew up watching Kenny Stabler in a two-minute offense. I can't tell you how many times on first down spiking the ball. Because they had confidence that in three downs they could get ten yards. And I had all the confidence in the world. I'm the one that I was yelling spike it. Okay. I'm going to admit it. Maybe I was wrong. But I grew up watching that type of football. Compose yourself, get in the huddle, get the right play call, and go win the game or get to overtime. All right, good stuff, my man. Sorry I had to uh, cut you short there. Uh, we got to get to a commercial break real quick and then get to John McClain to kick off hour number two. We did get a couple text messages, though. Uh, the wide receiver you were talking about was Andre Holmes. Uh, that was a guy, and I'm glad that we don't have no time because, man, I could not stand Andre Holmes for so many reasons. That was the one guy that everyone loved. For I never understood why. He made plays. But then he made the, the easy plays, he messed up. But we can get back to that conversation later. we got to take a quick break, and we get to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle to kick off hour number two here on Radio Nation Radio 920.